Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, PodMN, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, Double Twist, all those nice little applications you can use on your smart devices for podcasting. They're all out there, and I appreciate every single one of them. If you're streaming, please uh, choose to download instead of streaming. That would be very helpful. It makes things look a little better for potential business opportunities if that ever happens in this planet ever again. No, I'm just kidding. But at the end of the day, with the way the Vikings are going, I don't know. It seems like everything's dropping like a man without a parachute. So, well, let's just get to the chase here. The Vikings lose to the Atlanta Falcons in U.S. Bank Stadium 40-23. to Yeah, forget about the 23. It's more like 40 to 7, 40 to 10. That sounds a little more appropriate. 23, uh, give me a break. They lost by a lot, and they didn't show up to play, really, for the most part. Justin Jefferson, nice numbers, but a big chunk of them were in garbage time or when the Vikings were already trailing by a lot. Nice stats and everything, you know, if you like stats. And I'm sure fantasy ballers out there doing one of the million reasons I stopped playing that because I just, you know, there's more to football than stats. Cousins threw three touchdowns today, 343 yards. Those are great numbers, you know. Yeah, the three interceptions, too. I guess those are stats, but there's a lot more to the three interceptions than just stats. Uh, just absolutely pathetic. Kirk Cousins looks like a clown out there, quite frankly, and I don't think anybody wants him to quarterback this team anymore. Sean Mannion's just so terrible, you can't even put him in, not necessarily trying to win a game, but just to get Kirk Cousins out. That's how bad Sean Mannion is. Great management, uh, front office, great management. Good job. Good job. Uh, obviously, you made a nice draft pick in Justin Jefferson. You made nice draft picks in Alexander Madison, uh, Delvin Cook, guys like that. Oh, I, I don't know. It's just one of those kind of games that's just like you just wish you could just turn the TV off and move on. But unfortunately, I'm doing a podcast, so <laughs> I can't just turn the TV off and move on. If I wasn't doing a podcast, I would have. Uh, there's players on this roster I wish I never saw again, quite frankly. Obviously, Kirk Cousins is at the front of the uh, the line there. Chad Beebe's another one. I mean, give, give me a break. Seriously, it's not like he's terrible. It's that he's worthless. He's flat out worthless. Do you know who Chad Beebe is? He's like the short kid in gym class that everyone threw the ball to because he was fast or he's feisty and he's just, he's gritty. And But nothing ever comes out of it. You throw the ball to him and it's third and ten, guess what? He'll He'll give you nine yards. That's that's just great. Uh, it's time to return a punt or something. He'll give you one or two yards. There's just nothing there. Can can we just move on from Chad, baby? The the guy's worthless. Flat out worthless. He's not of any value to this team. Um, and anytime you might think there is some value, he gets hurt. So, Chad, baby, take a hike. Uh, <laughs> Gladney, I'm not even trying to laugh. It's more of just a frustration or laughing at the whole situation, if you can. These are just kind of notes, bits and pieces during the course of the game. Uh, Gladney. He was nailed for a helmet-to-helmet. He he looked good in certain moments, but getting nailed for helmet-to-helmet on a play that uh, really would have stymied the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, stymied the Falcons. Yeah, sure. They look like the 2016 Falcons before the second half of the Super Bowl. That's what they look like, and they sustained it this time because uh, Dan Quinn wasn't the coach. It's uh, Raheem Morris who sucked in Tampa Bay. He had a, one good little year in he had, he had one good year in his three-year stint with them, just like Leslie Frazier had a 10-6 season in 2012. That meant a whole lot. By 2013, we were just begging for him to go away, basically. Regardless of how nice and tranquil he was, he, he just he's not an NFL head coach. 
at the end of the day. Uh, but yeah, Jeff Gladney nailed for helmet to helmet, and it's just players are never going to learn. It's getting ridiculous. This is the easiest call ever. Anybody can see it. There's two, there's, it's two big giant round objects crashing into each other. I mean, how could anybody miss that? And of course, he was called for it. 15 yard penalty, automatic first down. That's great. Just thanks, Gladney. Uh, Kirk Cousins, pure incompetence that never ends. <laughs> he forces plays that aren't there, and ignores plays that are there. Or misses them. He just he just he couldn't get to it. He just couldn't get around to that because he doesn't have ten seconds to throw the ball. You don't need ten seconds. Normal quarterbacks don't, but uh, maybe he does. Maybe he does need ten seconds. That might be the the real root of what's wrong with Kirk Cousins. He can't process fast enough. He needs a new processor or a new motherboard or something. Uh, if he wasn't given the extension, he may have had a really strong year. Just just think about that. He may have actually had a strong year because it's a it's a contract year. It's a contract year. But uh, well, guess what. <laughs> Two years after this, good luck, guys. You know, isn't that just terrific? It would have been nice. Even if he had a strong year, it would have been like, well, thank you for the good season, and, uh, well, sorry. We're, you're not really matching our price. Yeah, $35 million. I'm so sorry. We just can't afford that right now. We're going in another direction, Kirk. Good luck to you in New York Jetland or, uh, you know, San Francisco 49ers if they're so enticed by you. I guess, supposedly, that's the rumor. And please, San Francisco... Please, that would be great. I'd love to have Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, not because he's a great player, but, well, he be, he certainly beat us, didn't he? And he actually wasn't that bad in the Super Bowl. They just didn't finish the job. That's all they should have. Uh, fourth and goal, another epic fail down the stretch. Fourth and short, another epic fail with Alexander Madison. Further proof he's not Delvin Cook. Further proof that the offensive line can't block when they need to. They could block the whole game and be spectacular, which, well, no, they're not, but... They could have a good game for uh, or good moments, but they're never they're never strong when they need to be. When you get to the bottom line, there uh, just an epic fail once again. In a it was what, what was it on the two yard line, something like that. You try to force another play, regardless if it's to the right or to the left. It just didn't happen, and it's just super frustrating. Gutsy call. I I I don't know what else to say. Uh, the Vikings were already down by a lot. You want to get things rolling in the right direction, possibly. And, well, Atlanta just marched down the field like they tend to do. Uh, we were also murdered on fourth down on the other side once again. Not only can we not convert on fourth down, we can't stop it either. I mean, we'd, we'd push Gurley backwards to make it third and three. Or it was third and three to make it fourth and five or whatever the heck it was. Looked like Matt Ryan was going to get sacked, but of course not. He gets away, buys time for a short little play to Julio Jones. You know, just kind of sailed it over, and he had daylight ahead of him because... I believe it was, was it Dantzler? He, he he did everything he possibly could, right? Yeah, Dantzler, you know how that goes. Just like last week on Metcalf, he did everything he possibly could. Yeah, well, you can't do a whole lot when you're on the ground. You know, he'd, he'd fallen. He had fallen. And next thing you know, Julio Jones at daylight second. And we were talking about a Julio Jones. Gosh, he'd been so spectacular and he'd missed games and Where's all the touchdowns from Julio Jones? Well, <laughs> he got two today. It's first two of the season in 137 yards. So Julio Jones is just fine. He's just fine. Well, luckily the Vikings have Justin Jefferson, nine catches on 11 targets, 166 yards, two touchdowns, including a 49-yarder when it was kind of already garbage time. 49-yard play. That's awesome. It is. It is awesome, but doesn't mean a whole lot right now. Dan Bailey didn't even get to attempt a field goal in the game because we just, whenever we were in field goal range, we just kept trying to force our way through, or we just never got there. That type of thing. He was able to kick one extra point in the game, and of course we converted a two-point 
conversion in the game, which was nice. Young Ho Koo, Young Ho Koo was awesome for Atlanta. He made everything good for him. I, I don't know. We're, we're happy for him, I guess. Brian Hill had some good moments, but then not really. He fumbled the ball away, which was kind of funny. I like Brian Hill, but not when he's playing against us. Uh, the running game on both sides was just garbage. Like, less than three a carry. Yeah, I remember back to Leroy Hard time. If you need two, if you need three, he'll give you two. Okay, if you need if you need two, he'll give you three, and if you need five, he'll give you three. And that's kind of what today's game was. And of course, he didn't even give you three. Madison, Gurley, Brian Hill, all less than three yards a carry in the game. Though Madison did have a 16-yarder, that was the only time in the game when he actually really went forward. To be quite honest, Atlanta's defense was focused. They were energized. They were excited. Because it's, well, it's a new sheriff in town named uh, Raheem Morris. It's a sugar high. Raheem Morris is not a head coach in the NFL. God bless him. He might be a nice defensive coordinator sometimes. Secondary coach sometimes. He's not a head coach. Uh, I'm sorry. We all know that. Unless somehow Atlanta miraculously finishes the season 11-5 and or 10-6 and and lose in the first round anyway, which will mean a whole lot of nothing. Around here, that's how I view things. You lose in the first round, it's meaningless. Even if the Vikings made a miraculous comeback this year and lost in the first round, it wouldn't mean a darn thing to me. You know, I, uh, I'd like a little more than that, quite honestly. Dantzler had a billion tackles, but that's because he allowed a catch. Owen Enigbo had a sack and a half. That was actually pretty cool. He had a very nice game, honest to God, and so did <laughs> so did the tackling machine known as Eric Kendrick's 14 total tackles in the game. He is probably the most valuable player in the Vikings this year, actually, to be quite honest. Justin Jefferson had his nice little moments here and there, but it is what it is. And you give up 40 points, it's hard to give a defensive player a uh, most valuable player for the game. But uh, Eric Kendricks definitely deserves recognition for the most part. Uh, absolutely great game. And Britton Colquitt deserves recognition. He averaged almost 50 yards a punt, and he had an in 20 also. Britton Colquitt deserves consideration for the Fran Tarkington Award for the show because, well, he he did well. And Kirk Cousins isn't getting it. Madison's not getting it. Justin Jefferson might get it just because he was spectacular and he gives you hope. Chad Beebe's not getting it either, that's for sure. Ah, boy. Mm. And getting stopped on fourth and... <laughs> God, I just can't take any more. Fourth and goal. Ah, oh, boy. Multiple weeks in a row, fourth and short, and you can't even get a yard or two. It's just... I don't know. That's just kind of how it is. It's the kind of game where people get fired, especially if you're on the hot seat and you drop, you, you drop to one and five. People get fired after games like this. That 23 is just a whole lot of nothing. It's 15, it's... It's 10. It's whatever it is. It's like I was saying earlier. It doesn't mean anything really at the end of the day. It just doesn't. I'm sorry to say. It's just, that sounds mean, but that's how it goes. We did convert two two-point conversions, which is nice. Last week when we needed it, we didn't. So that's just how that goes as well. That's how it goes. Uh, Irv Smith back-to-back solid weeks, 55 yards and five targets. Actually, a really good game for Irv Smith. Very respectful. Uh, Adam Thielen had a scare for a minute there. I thought I thought he'd, he'd injured his ankle, but he was totally fine. It must have been his shoulder or something when he came down. Uh, he was solid in the game. Nothing spectacular. Justin Jefferson was the star of the show when you talk about the offensive side of the ball. Kirk Cousins' uh, 343 yards are nice and everything, but I don't know. <laughs> Does anybody really want to see him quarterbacking this team anymore? Matt Ryan looked like MVP Matt Ryan, which he hasn't been for four years or so, but he looked like that guy today. He sure did. Uh, the offense was motivated. The defense was super motivated for Atlanta. 
give them credit. Yeah, we bumped into a time where uh, it was a sugar high, and really at one and four, maybe two and four, if you win today, would it have really mattered at the end of the day? I mean, the best possible record we could have had is twelve and four if we were perfect, and the odds of that are like zero percent. Nobody's going perfect. Uh, best case scenario, maybe you'd finish ten and six and lose in the first round. I mean, we're not the New York Giants. I, I don't feel New York Giant magic with a 10-6 and six Viking team. Kirk Cousins is not Eli Manning. Eli Manning made bonehead mistakes, this and that, at times during regular season games, but when the postseason came around, he became a Joe Montana type. He he truly did. It's not about numbers. It's not about uh, <clears throat> being perfect. It's about winning when it's time to win, and that's what Eli Manning did. I, that's why I think he's a, a borderline Hall of Famer, if not a legitimate one. Kirk Cousins will never see the light of day in the Hall of Fame unless it's for some of the worst interceptions you've ever seen. Comical type plays. Maybe comical uh, football comedy Hall of Fame. And I, I don't know. I mean, it's not something you really want to enjoy at the end of the day. It's not something you enjoy very much. But before I pass out the awards for the... Uh, for the game, because it's like, what really more is there to say? Let's tank for Trevor, let's uh, be in shambles for Shields, this and that. <laughs> as my wife photographs herself, that's kind of fun. I'm just teasing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's okay, that's how we all, that's how we entertain ourselves. Uh, but <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I'm being mean. But uh, the something that isn't a laughing matter, it's a sad thing, and it's it's well when you turn to when you turn a hundred years of age, I guess it's inevitable. But uh, Sid Hartman passed away today uh, during the game. It, this morning there was a vibe. I, I just felt something. I could feel something this morning when I was driving around, you know, and uh, listening to Living Word Christian Center <laughs> on my phone. And the the sky had the same look in it. When Flip Saunders passed away against the uh, when the Vikings were playing the Detroit Lions, a very impressive uh, come out game for Stefan Diggs. It was basically Stefan Diggs' burst onto the scene after he hadn't been really used the first few weeks of that season, and that was an awesome 2015 season for the Vikings that could have been a lot better if not for uh, Blair Walsh missed kick or some other crappy things that happened along the way. The, the uh, James Robinson missing his guy or uh, uh, Adrian Peterson fumbling conveniently at the right place, right time, like he always did. Always did when it came to the biggest moments of the game. <sighs> when Flip Snodders passed away, October 25th, 2015. It, it, there was a strange, subtle vibe this morning, and I guess that's what it was. It was Sid Hartman who was going to pass away today, and he did. A uh, very, very sad day in, in, in that sense for a lot of us in the, uh, in the media world. I saw him several times, say being a Golden Valley resident, Golden Valley native, this and that, buyer leads, you'd, you'd see him. It's not like I would talk to him because I was a little scared. He's kind of a tough personality, let's just say, very tough personality. And he's, he's the kind of guy, if you don't know him, I don't know if he would uh, like it, really, if you approached him just out of nowhere in a grocery store, that type of thing. So I was kind of scared to do that. Maybe I was being a wimp. I uh, saw him several times downtown. My dad used to have a hair salon and the North Star Center, say, I'd, I'd see him in the Skyways. I mean, it was awfully close to WCCO Radio downtown there. You'd see him in the Skyways randomly. He'd look me right in the eye on occasion a couple of times, and I'm thinking, wow, that, yeah, yeah, that, there he is. You know, <laughs> the black eyebrows, the, the white hair with the black eyebrows. <laughs> it was kind of funny, or darker eyebrows, basically. And another time we were in the uh, 
I was going to work at U.S. Bank, going up to the sixth floor, I think it was at the time. Yeah, it had to be because it was still 2000 when a very, very strong uh, second-year guy, his first year as a starter, Dante Culpepper, was having an awesome season, but the Vikings' defense was, uh, you know, the chickens were coming home to roost with how poor that defense, uh, with how much that defense had been neglected for years in the Dennis Green era. Vikings had been defeated by the Green Bay Packers, Amon Green and guys like that, and obviously Aaron Rodgers torched us, and it was the beginning of the uh, the end of a magical season. Luckily, the Vikings still made it to the NFC title game, but we all know how that turned out. <laughs> but uh, that was the beginning of the end, though. When you saw what was a magical season starting to starting to unravel a little bit, Green Bay came in and kicked our butts in the Metrodome, and it was Monday morning. Long story longer. Sorry for going on too long, but uh, Sid Hartman was in the uh, the elevator with me and this other guy, obviously uh, multiple people because we're all going to work, whatever. I'm not sure where Sid was going exactly. Maybe some kind of business, I guess, upstairs further up. And some guy patted him on the shoulder and said, we could have used you in the second... Uh, <laughs> we could have used you in the defensive backs yesterday. And he kind of shook his head, Sid did, and he just said, well, the offense sucked yesterday too, don't forget. And everybody kind of chuckled because... The offense sucked too, yes. It was just funny. That's that's just Sid Hartman being Sid Hartman. So that's a Sid Hartman memory I may have to give you uh, that was a little bit more up close and personal. It was kind of funny. <laughs> well, the offense sucked yesterday too, don't forget. And yeah, today kind of reminded me of that a little bit in a way because it's just a nasty game. Uh, def- definitely very different circumstances where a lot of people are thinking tank for Trevor or sh- uh, in shambles for Shields or whatever you want to say. Uh, where that year, there were Super Bowl aspirations for the Vikings. Nobody would have guessed the New York Giants were going to wall up the Vikings unless, obviously, it became a road game, which it did. Then there was always that possibility because New York and Minnesota just don't mix well for Minnesota. It, it, it just doesn't. I don't like the idea of going out on the East Coast in an NFC Championship game. Minnesota seems to never come out smiling in those situations. In fact, we never do. The times the Vikings got went to the Super Bowl, they played in the frozen confines of the Met. Of, of the Met, Met Stadium. That's when the Vikings went to the Super Bowl. And we choked against this very same Atlanta team uh, in 98. Other than that, getting whooped in New York City, uh, New Jersey, basically, but you know what I mean. Out the East, Washington, D.C., not getting whooped, but heartbroken. Then uh, getting pounded by Philadelphia in 2017, stuff like that. Horrible memories that uh, last a lifetime. Hopefully better memories replace those soon. But, uh, no, uh, just want to give an ode to Sid Hartman. Obviously, uh, love the love the memories. Obviously, the article lasted forever. Was the general manager of the Los Angeles? No, excuse me, the Minneapolis Lakers. <laughs> the Minneapolis Lakers with uh, John Cundla, who passed away at 101 uh, as the head coach. He had hired John Cundla as the coach. Isn't that just the darndest thing? Both of them made it to 100. They're both living just a few years back. Both of them are still living. That's just nuts. I think it was 2018 that John Cundler passed away. I still remember Marcus looked me in the eye right that same day, and he said, something just happened, and I guess that's what it was. Mar- Marcus has always been kind of sensitive that way, too. So it's kind of interesting uh, how that came upon, uh, how that came to fruition at the end of the day. But uh, God bless Ed Hartman. We will give him a moment of silence. Thank you, Sid Hartman, for the many, 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 many memories that will, again, last a lifetime. And uh, in his case, multiple lifetimes, somebody that would live that long. With that, we'll pass out the awards and wrap up segment number one. 
So, <clears throat> Fran Tarkington Award for this show today. I, uh, Justin Jefferson for giving us hope. Again, a big chunk of those numbers are, well, the 49-yard play was garbage time. But still, gave us hope. He looks, he looks great. Something to look forward to. The Christian Ponder Memorial goes to a $30, $30 million Christian Ponder. That's what he is. That's Kirk Cousins, Christian Ponder. Like, better arm, this and that. More special skills. Same mentality. Same mentality. You know, panics, makes stupid mistakes, doesn't uh, make the right play when he needs to. And that's just the bottom line. Kirk Cousins, Christian Ponder Memorial, 100% with today's show. With that, we'll take a break. Come back for the NFL and NFC North Roundup as the NFC North is back in business, unlike last week. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two, time to look around the league a bit in the NFC North. Everybody played, and we're the only team that lost. Oh, wait, maybe not. Maybe we were not the only team that lost. Hmm. Well, we'll talk about the one that lost soon. And, uh, yeah, they might just, just might be the next opponent we play as well, so we might have to wait a while to get to that one. There was no Thursday night football this week because everything is just weird and out of whack, and there was, sometimes there's Tuesday night that we had a second Tuesday night football Last week, that was interesting. Um, yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> that's just all there is to say. You get the Oiler Bowl, the Tennessee Titans, the former Oilers playing the Houston Texans, who are 1-5. and five, and Well, we have a tiebreaker over them, so that sucks. So Houston Texans now still uh, hanging on to uh, possibly picking ahead of the Vikings. The Tennessee Titans are 5-0. and oh, They look awesome. You think the Vikings almost caused them to lose? The Vikings almost caused the Seattle Seahawks to lose. Football's weird. Like, when they say it's a game of inches, they weren't kidding because, you know, I mean, think about how awful a season it's been for the Vikings and how frustrating it's been. Vikings could actually have a winning record right now if, like, things went a tiny bit different and maybe the momentum would have been a little different today, but nah, it wouldn't have been. We would have still lost, even if we were, like, 4-0. and We would have found a way to lose this game today. You can just tell. Tennessee Titans 5-0. and Wow, Derrick Henry just uh, insane. Um, 212-yard game. Looking like Terrell Davis. I wouldn't say he's like Adrian, but maybe in some ways. Maybe maybe like Terrell Davis, I guess. 212 yards. Going against David Johnson with a lousy 57 for 3 yards per carry. Duke Johnson's even worse. I mean, ugh, ugh. I don't know. I don't know, Houston. I don't know. Romeo Cronell, Romeo, Romeo. Okay, I'm, I'm sure you're all sick of that already. Deshaun Watson's looking way better, though, with Bill O'Brien gone. Four touchdowns, quarterback rating 138, 335 yards, no interceptions, just a couple of sacks. Awesome game in the air for the Houston Texans. It would be even better if they still had a certain wide receiver, which I'm sure you're sick of hearing about by now. But Will Fuller's doing fine. Will Fuller the fifth. Isn't that just crazy, the fifth? So what's his son's name? Probably Will Fuller the sixth. I mean, is, is it that simple? Uh... Unfortunately, uh, five plays in his direction were not completed. Otherwise, it might have been an even more spectacular game. Definitely a back-and-forth effort. Houston could have won this game very easily. Tennessee, though, just a, a better team, and they're awesome. And it's the Oiler Bowl, and Ryan Tannehill also threw for four touchdowns, did throw an interception. 
in the game rental club and one of those trick fancy dancy plays didn't work out incomplete pass there one interception for Tannehill but Derrick Henry on the ground unbelievable just the total offense in this game particularly from the Tennessee Titans a team that's got some pretty good defense at times they have some good defense obviously it's an offensive coach uh, on the other side of the equation Tannehill man 364 yards passing 212 from Derrick Henry and Jeremy McNichols also 51 yards on the ground average 10 yards a carry five rushes man just an unbelievable game for the Tennessee Titans total offense just unbelievable like 600 yards yeah 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 amazing Tennessee able to finish the job with a touchdown late and uh, emerge victorious in a back and forth battle uh, for the ages Derrick Henry of course finishing things off for fantasy bowlers that were rejoicing and enjoying themselves. Romeo Cornell, 1-1 one and one as the Houston Texans coach and looking good in Tennessee, though. 5-0. and oh, Congratulations to the Tennessee Titans, a team that was ravaged with uh, coronavirus. Still looking good at this stage. Good for them. Good for them. Cincinnati unable to beat a Indianapolis team that's certainly not as good as they were a few weeks ago when they kicked the Vikings, but uh, 21 point Second quarter for Indianapolis. That ended up being one of the major reasons why they won the game. 10-point fourth quarter helps as well. Cincinnati solid until the fourth quarter. Second half, generally speaking, did in the Cincinnati Bengals. as They were kicking some butt. 21-0. They ended up blowing a 21-0 lead in the game, which is unfortunate. But I guess that's Cincinnati right now. They're just, I don't know. They're just adequate, I guess. Joe Burrow, 310 yards. He'll, he'll, he'll get the yardage, but then the big plays just aren't there for whatever reason. It's just an unfortunate... At the end of the day, uh, it really is. Uh, Cincinnati being Cincinnati, I guess. They just find a way to not win. Joe Mixon, 54 yards. And they're just mediocrity. You know, isn't that kind of the bottom line? A.J. Green kind of turning the A.J. Green as they talk a little slower and clearer. So you can understand, right? (laughs) Slower and clearer, please. (laughs) A.J. Green, 96 yards in the air. Good for him. Targeted 11 times. So, uh... Joe Burrow going old school, along with T. Higgins also getting 125 yards. So nice to see A.J. Green showing up in a big way again. He's been quiet forever, basically. Just kind of a, you know, old school at this point. Cincinnati, him and Andy Dalton connecting forever and ever and ever and ever. Dalton's the quarterback of the Cowboys. Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? And then you got a guy named Marcus Johnson, wide receiver for the uh, Indianapolis Colts. He's having a solid go around 108 yards in the air at the end of the day Indianapolis Colts get the win Naheem Hines I don't know I'd rather have him than uh Chad Beebe returning punts I just is that okay to say is it okay I I I just rather have Naheem Hines I like him damn it I keep talking about him every time I see him I I want him just like Brian Hill a couple years ago those are two guys I wanted in that draft at least one of the two and of course we didn't get either one Colts are four and two Pretty mediocre team, though. Phillip Rivers is just, eh, you know, he'll always get his 300 yards, and today he did get the three touchdowns, and he did get an interception as well. They're playing against a crappy and sappy Cincinnati team. It is what it is. Uh, in the background, you get Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Rams, and the San Francisco 49ers, the Niners winning, and they need it. After getting whooped by the Miami Dolphins last week, the Niners need to get moving, and Dolphins are doing okay this year. Maybe they'll be a cute little playoff team. That gets beaten the first round by 30 points. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll cross that bridge when we get there. Denver versus New England. The Super Bowl that uh, never happened in 2015. I kind of wish it did. 
Uh, no, what am I talking about? The Super Bowl that never happened. The <laughs> NFC Championship game in 2015, and unfortunately for the New England Patriots, it wound up the same way. I'm thinking of New England-San Francisco. That would have been uh, really interesting. Or uh, San Francisco-Denver would have also been extremely interesting. If the uh, Oh, man, that would have been cool. If it was New, uh, San Francisco versus Denver instead of seeing Seattle whoop up on the Denver Broncos the way it did, would have been, I would have been much happier watching the 49ers get the win over Denver because I don't like Seattle. I still hate the Seahawks. I don't care who their quarterback is and how great he is and all that. Patriots dropped a 2-2. Two and two. They only managed 12 points. No, they're 2-3. and three. Why is it showing it in hindsight? I guess that was jumping into the game. Denver's 2-3 and three on the year. New England's two and three, so now Denver would have a Denver would have a tiebreaker over the Patriots. Denver, mm, mm, Denver. Seems like yesterday they were super good. Drew Locke is well; he didn't play well in the game at all. Uh, Cam Newton coming back from coronavirus, and uh, oh, okay, that didn't work out really at all. A couple of interceptions, just a mess of a game. Denver's defense still kind of showing remnants of the Super Bowl days. I guess. I mean, yep, there's there's players from that time, but generally speaking, uh, what a yucky game. That, 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 that's all I got to say. 18 to 12, it sucked. Let's just move on. It's bad, like the angry video game nerd would say. I'm the angry football nerd. It's it's bad. <laughs> New, New Jersey accent required for that one. Speaking of New Jersey, it don't I just segue nicely? You know, speaking of New Jersey, it just rolls right off your tongue and just smooth as silk. The New York Giants beat the Washington Golden Gophers. Washington Red Tails, the Washington Redskins, the Washington Maroon and Gold uh, Ws, whatever they are. The Washington not winning team. Yeah, they stink. Uh, they're 1-5, and five, and the Giants now have a tiebreaker over the Washington Golden Gophers, who are finally going to debut next, week against the, uh, next weekend against the Michigan Wolverines. Hopefully... Uh, Hopefully, the maroon and gold play better against big blue, so to speak, in that case. Michigan Wolverines. Boy, I hope the Gophers beat Michigan. They never do. I want that brown jug, damn it. Don't you want the brown jug, Gopher fans? Wouldn't that be nice? And I'm, and you know, and I don't even like college football because what sport did, what version of football did I start watching? And the NFL. So you watch college football after you're you're used to the NFL, and it looks like garbage. You know, it, it just does to me. I don't know, and I know it's not, and sometimes it's it's flat out great because obviously you get future stars out there, like the Joe Burrows, like the Justin Jefferson, who looks freaking awesome last year with the LSU, just awesome, and he's looking awesome in Minnesota as well. In fact, you could argue he's even better with Minnesota, more potential now, uh, despite a quarterback who I think might be inferior to Joe Burrow in an, in the next year. That might be all it takes. Somebody named Kyle Allen, quarterback to the Washington Golden Gophers football team. And, well, he was okay. He was okay, but they still ended up losing by a point to the New York Giants. Ugh. Yuck. Yuck. That, that's just all yuck. Uh, Darius Slayton got a touchdown in the game. What a yucky game, though. Oh, man. This is just another one. You're just going NFC, to... NFC East matchup, blah, blah, blah. They both stink and it's bad. And I don't know. At least the Giants finally won a game. I guess that's good. Philadelphia and Baltimore going out east to Philadelphia and Baltimore. Both teams second place in their divisions because their freaking Pittsburgh can't lose a game. I don't understand that. Pittsburgh can't lose. They just can't lose. 5-1 and one Baltimore. 1-4-1 one, one Philly. Philly stinks even though they put up a great effort. They still stink. 
They're not making any playoffs. Uh, great effort, though, I guess. Carson Wentz did not have an interception, but he was sacked six times because that Baltimore pass rush is awesome. And uh, that's just how it goes when you're talking among uh, the likes of... Uh, I don't know. It's just been a good... It's just been good since uh, John Harbaugh's been there, basically. Great defense, even though I would say he's more of an offensive coach. Certainly his brother certainly was and still is with the Michigan Wolverines. He's still there. Lamar Jackson ran for 108 yards on the ground, did get a touchdown in the game, and he ran and he passed for 186. Yeah, he is just Mr. Yards, isn't he? At least on the ground and then decent yards in the air, but never uh, as spectacular as he is as a, as a running quarterback. Man, Miles Sanders, great game. 74-yard long and average 13 <laughs> carry because he exploded down the field. Jay, Jalen Hurts ran the ball a couple times. That's interesting. A couple of those, uh, what the hell do they call that stupid play? The wildcat crap. It, it just, I don't know. It's it's nice in college football sometimes. I don't know, man. I just don't know. But that Baltimore pass rush is something. And Callis Campbell is causing calluses on people's heads or something. I mean, three sacks in the game. He might have calluses on his hands for all the quarterbacks he's sacked. Well, no, he's just having a really damn good season. And so is the Baltimore pass rush five and one. Congratulations, Baltimore Oriole Ravens, as the uh, they advanced uh, with another win here, thirty to twenty-eight. Philadelphia, though, a pretty good game to be quite honest. This was an entertaining East Coast matchup between two teams from uh, opposite conferences that get to play each other every three or four years or so, depending on the situation. But I believe it is every four years. I guess that's the the cycle. Oh, Cleveland! Oh, Cleveland! You look so promising the last few weeks, in fact the last several weeks after getting whooped by Baltimore in the season opener it was so depressing, I mean they, it was similar to today's game, Baltimore just whooped and romped on the Cleveland Browns and now Pittsburgh just whooped and romped on the Cleveland Browns that sucks, 5-0 and Pittsburgh Steelers I didn't see this coming and I'm going to keep saying this every week, Cleveland 4-2 and sure I could see that coming, they're filled with talent, they're, they're oozing with talent and who's going to doubt that in a, in a heartbeat Case Keenum, well, excuse me, Baker Mayfield stunk, and Case Keenum came in, and, well, it was just kind of like, what the hell, I guess he's in there, and we're losing by a million points, so it doesn't matter. Mason Rudolph did not get hit in the head with a helmet, but he played. A, uh, he made a play for six yards, uh, I guess. We're happy for him, probably because the game was a blowout and he was handing the ball off. In fact, that is pretty much what was happening. Claypool, one of those, one of those guys who wasn't a household name before this season, but he's becoming something. Uh, double C, Chase Claypool. Really nice uh, nice player, nice wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers for the black and yellow, the honeybees over there. And uh, no, they're not the honeybees, they're the bumblebees. Uh, the bumblebees are looking good. And wow, well, it's just kind of like, it's just kind of like same old story. When Pittsburgh was good and Cleveland sucked every freaking year, Pittsburgh would just romp all over the Cleveland Browns. I guess nothing's new. I guess not. Last year was a complete mess. I mean, Mason Rudolph and God knows who else was the quarterback, and Cleveland was very disappointing, and things got weird, and things got weirder. And, and and well, it, that was a weird year. And then this year is just kind of like back to the old days, Expect Cleveland's, except Cleveland's got a winning record finally. Um, but not today. Miles Garrett with his usual sack, good for him. But, yay, that's just uh, one little cute statistic, I guess. Boy, AFC North is freaking impossible. Good, good, good luck there. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland. Oh, and Cincinnati. Uh, for, for, forget about those clowns. They're they're like a million miles behind everybody else, even though they did almost win today, believe it or not. 
Chicago, Carolina, not yet. Not yet. Detroit, Jacksonville. Oh, man. Well, how about the Miami Dolphins playing against the worst team in the league? Yeah, Miami Dolphins shut out the New York Jets. They're 0-6, and uh, Adam Gaze, Adam Gaze, Firewatch, I think he's the next one to go. Some people might even go as far as to say Zimmer is the next one to go. <clears throat> if expectations were a little bit higher this year, and they are high, and he didn't have a uh, three-year contract just getting started, three-year extension getting started after the season, I think Zimmer would be would probably have been fired after today's game, despite how you may feel about him, that his real respect level, the fact that uh, Daniel Hunter is not there, and the secondary is a bunch of rookies and all that. Yeah, but you still got your ass handed to you by a, a winless team in your home field. Fans or not, you got your ass handed to you by a winless team. I don't care about the sugar high with Raheem frickin' Morris. Raheem Morris? I mean, I don't know. It's Leslie Frazier with a little more energy. And I'm not, and it's not about that one topic. It's, it's nothing to do with it. Just saying, the ineffective, you know, ineffective. He, he was ineffective in Tampa Bay. They didn't have a whole lot of success. So, it is what it is. Miles Gaskin, another guy who's looking to be a household name someday. He isn't yet, that's for sure. 91 yards on the ground for Miami. Very strong game. Very old school, solid football game by the Miami Dolphins. 24-0 to against the worst team in the league. We have found the worst team in the league. They are here and, uh, well, they're sucking for, uh, I don't know, they're just sucking. Sucking to get the number one pick in the draft. We've said it a million times. We don't need to keep saying it. Dolphins, 3-3, three and three, baby. Second place in the AFC East. They're ahead of the Patriots. The Dolphins are ahead of the Patriots. Yeah, that's that's cute. Uh, Tampa and somebody, we'll talk about that in a minute. San Francisco is leading 14-0, and I believe right now the Atlanta Braves. Let's go back to that for a minute. 14-0, San Francisco. Uh, the Rams are second and goal. They're threatening on the second on the on the two yard line. And let's go back to some baseball here for a heartbeat here. I just want to flip between this and that's on the wrong freaking channel. <laughs> Damn! Don't you just hate that? Sorry for this. And yes, the Atlanta Braves are up two to nothing after a few minutes ago there was a double uh, an upper deck home run. So. Yay, I guess Atlanta's knocking on the door of the postseason. They got back there in 1999. It felt like it was more recent than that, because they went to the World Series like five or six times, it felt like, in the 90s. That was unbelievable. They finally got one in 95, and that's it. They lost all the others, including to the World Champion Twins in 91. That was nice. Uh, wow, that is it. That is it. So it's time to look at the NFC North here in a second. Luckily, it's busy this week, so it's more entertaining, including our next opponent after the bye. San Francisco, 14-2-0. That, that's good. But, of course, red zone for the Los Angeles Rams. Buffalo and Kansas City at 4 o'clock due to just more weird scheduling shifts. And it is what it is. You know what? At least they're playing the games. And at least we can watch them if we can watch them. If we're not stuck at work and work isn't a prison type of situation where you can't watch anything and you're just, yeah, I don't know. I hate it. Arizona and Dallas, that's going to be a Kyler Murray fest, I would hope, for their sake. We'll see what happens, though. 3-2 and two versus 2-3 and three in Dallas's case. Arizona got a chance to be knocking on the door of the postseason. Kansas City-Buffalo, a couple of 4-1 and one clubs. We'll see if the Buffalo Bills can defend home field. And, wow, get to 5-1. and one. They are winning the NFC, uh, excuse me, the AFC East right now over the Dolphins, the second-place Miami Dolphins. <sighs> wow. Okay. Just wrap your head around that. Chicago over the Carolina Panthers. They are 5-1 and one in the NFC North. And they're tied with uh, a certain team. 
that's uh, east of the Mississippi River right now for the division lead in the NFC North and a damn good record of 5-1. and one. How about the Chicago Bears? Isn't that something? So, yes, let's talk about the Bears in the background again, baseball for the moment. San Francisco happy with what they're doing so far. I don't want their season to fall apart, even though I like the Rams sometimes. Not really. Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay, Nick Foles at quarterback. Woohoo. Teddy Bridgewater and not good against the Chicago defense. Not good at all. Not good. Kind of reminded you of some of those Bears games in the, I don't know, whatever. Just He just stunk against this Bears defense. He just did. And that's it's kind of sad. He got sacked four times. I'm glad he didn't get hurt or anything crazy like that. He ran for 48 yards. So definitely the mobility is a factor for uh, young Mr. Teddy. But unfortunately, not a good game in the air against this Chicago Bears secondary. And Again, I, I think they make the playoffs. I, I'll be very surprised, if, actually, if the Bears don't. I mean, eventually, see, eventually you can't just keep saying, yeah, the Bears suck and it's a lucky record and, you know, they, they did this and they did that. They, yeah, whatever. It's just luck. Eventually, it's not anymore. And eventually, you know, I mean, your record is what it is and, and you've earned it. I don't care if you're playing the Cincinnati Bengals every week. It doesn't matter. Eventually, you're earning it because the Bengals would find a way to beat you if you played them five or six times. They'd find a way to kick your ass, at least one of them, wouldn't wouldn't you think? So, I mean, <laughs> the Bears are they're they're five and one, like them or not. Carolina, it's unfortunate they were picking up the pace after a crappy, crappy start to Teddy's career. There, he'd been picking up the pace, and this was a, I don't know, this was just not a good day for them because the Bears just have a little something extra that Carolina doesn't. Uh, to, to me, that's just how I see this right now. There's something just that Chicago has that Carolina doesn't. It's that that oomph, that whatever it is, that it factor defensively more than offensively. Let me uh, get that across before I get any further because if I start saying Chicago's got oomph offensively, and maybe they do in their, in their receiving core because it's actually quite impressive. Running game, uh, David Montgomery's okay. Nick Foles is just a mediocre run-of-the-mill guy who's... You know, I mean, Nick Foles is a backup quarterback. He's Frank Reich. That's basically what he is. And Frank Reich was a decent quarterback, and he could mount comebacks, and he was spectacular, but he was still a backup. He was still a backup. That's just what it is. Nick Foles is a modern-day Frank Reich. Okay, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Or or Hosteller, Jeff Hosteller, whichever one. Jeff Hosteller won a Super Bowl for the Giants as the backup quarterback because Phil Simms was unavailable. Uh, so it happens. Sometimes it happens where a guy just gets the job done because he's good at it. <laughs> he's good at getting the job done even if he's not a starter. He's clutch in the big moments. And uh, good for him. Uh, but not a great player. Not a great player, Foles, but at least good enough today. Very impressive job by that Chicago defense. Chicago is getting it done. And Carolina tried to mount a comeback and just didn't just didn't finish the job. That's just all there is to say. What's up with the Detroit Lions, huh? These are Detroit Lions. Now, of course, it helps when you're your franchise quarterback's healthy. Well, they're two and three on the year now. Stafford wasn't that great, but he was better than some random dude, which is kind of what they went through last year. Gardner Minshew is kind of a random dude, isn't he? But hey, if you can have a quarterback at under a million a year, compared to thirty million dollars, completely devouring your salary cap like a black hole, <clears throat> you might have a chance to have other pieces around him, and things might be okay. But, uh, I don't know, Jacksonville still stinks. I don't necessarily want Gardner Minshew leading the Minnesota Vikings. They're 1-5, too. 
and they got beat by Detroit at home, which is, if the Vikings get beat by Detroit at home, it's, uh, you have to tank then. Tank for Trevor. Please tank for Trevor. In fact, if you're not already doing it, if you lose to Detroit at home, tank for Trevor. Just just tank, tank to your heart's desire. And, uh, well, uh, maybe hopefully we can hire Bill O'Brien as our new coach. No, I'm kidding. Let's find somebody else who can coach this team if it comes to that. Uh, DeAndre Swift, nice job on the ground today. Adrian Peterson, the Hall of Fame running back watch. Frank Gore at about 40 yards. And Adrian, 40 yards today as well. 15 yards, or 15 rushes, but only 2.7 a carry. That Jacksonville front four, at least, uh, keeping Adrian Peterson in check and frustrated Matthew Stafford. Again, yet another interception for him in the game, but no sacks just in that. But Stafford throws interceptions sometimes. You know, that's just kind of how his game is. Certainly not a perfect quarterback, but occasionally he can put up spectacular numbers. Would would have helped if he still had a certain uh, <laughs> a certain guy by the name of Megatron, uh, you know, at, uh, as as a wideout. It would certainly help, but that's just how it goes. And of course, getting Adrian Peterson as late as he did in his career. Matt Prater missed a field goal today. How about that? Matt Prater missed a kick today. That's unusual. Hmm, that's very unusual. But uh, Detroit's 2-3, and three and they're ahead of us. Chicago is way ahead of us, and Green Bay's still way ahead of us, as much as we might be ticked off and annoyed with that thought. They're way ahead of us, despite uh, something happening today that didn't go so well for the Green Bay Slackers. They were the Slackers today in Tampa. And Tampa's not an easy pace to play. It never has been, especially for the Minnesota Vikings. In fact, winning in Tampa is downright impossible for the Minnesota Vikings, historically. Just wait till we play them. Yeah, we'll just look at that juicy, sexy history with Tampa Bay over the years. Just wonderful games that didn't derail our season or anything, but they kind of did. Uh, back in 92, we whooped their butts, but by 93, 94 and all that, it was just like, really? And there's a reason why I hate the Tampa Bay Buccaneers so much. Except with Tom Brady at the quarterback and when they're not playing us. I, I kind of like Tampa Bay now for a minute. For a minute, for like a year or two, I'll like Tampa Bay, I guess. Green Bay Packers, 10. Tampa Bay, 38. Oh my god! Well, alright. So, yeah, we got to see uh, Rodgers versus Brady in the in a game finally. We don't get to see that very often, but we get to see it once in a while. And, well, alright. Tom Brady saved his best for uh, the Green Bay game. Hopefully he saves his best for last if he gets to play in one more Super Bowl. Because uh, at that point, if I were him, I would uh, step away. 43, 44 years old, step away if you win the Super Bowl, okay? Step away. Not because I want you to go away and because you suck. No, it's because quit while you're ahead. I mean, for your sake, quit while you're ahead. You don't want to wind up in a wheelchair or something. Quit quit while you're ahead. Seriously. <laughs> Green Bay led this game 10 to nothing at one point. Do you realize that? Yeah, Green Bay led this game 10 to nothing. <laughs> and Tampa scored 38 consecutive points. Yeah, well, it also helps when Aaron Rodgers struggles and throws a pick six. That's pretty crazy. Jamal Dean pick six. Yeah, it's amazing. Amazing stuff. Ronald Jones, couple of touchdowns. Tom Brady, couple of passing touchdowns. Only 166 yards, but very efficient throughout the day. Rodgers had one of the worst games of his life, quite frankly. Um, sometimes, sometimes just certain teams have your number, and, and Tampa Bay had Aaron Rodgers' number in this one. Oof, it was kind of like Seattle a couple of years ago in the NFC title game when Green Bay had a huge lead. Okay, it was much larger than a 10 nothing lead, but a huge lead. And then a lot of weird things started happening. 
what was that, the 2014 NFC Championship game where it was raining all over the place and then it was sunny and then it was pouring again. Yeah, Rodgers threw a couple of interceptions that had him just blown away. Like, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it was crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Seems like yesterday. Now it's several years ago. But that's the kind of game it was for Aaron Rodgers today. After dominating, absolutely dominating the first four games this season, Aaron Rodgers, very ordinary in this one. Quarterback rating 35.4. You got to see Blaine Gabbert for a minute or two hand the ball off a couple times to run the clock out, and that's nice. Uh, LaShawn McCoy's on the, on the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's just kind of funny. Ronald Jones, though, made them uh, not need LaShawn McCoy's services a whole lot. Uh, at the end of the day, they averaged about five yards a carry against this Green Bay defense that made the Vikings running back look kind of crappy at times. Rob Gronkowski, old Gronk himself, 78 yards in the air and scored a touchdown. Good for him. Tampa Bay Bucks are 4-2 and two and they're in first place in the NFC South and We'll see. Uh, we'll see if they get any first-round buy or anything. But in the NFC, it ain't as pretty as it is in the AFC right now. You know, you got Pittsburgh 5-0, and Baltimore 4-1, and blah, blah, blah. Kansas City is still what they are. It's going to be tougher to get a buy in the uh, NFC than it is in, or in the AFC than it is in the NFC. Gomic and Sue with the sack, Jason Pierre-Paul, all these classic, classic players getting it done. Antoine Winfield with five tackles in the game. Good for him. Three of them oh, uh, all the way. Yeah, three of them were solos. The rest were kind of, you know, they were assisted tackles, so to speak. But uh, nice to see Antoine Winfield being a major part of a pretty cool team there in Tampa. He has to tell his uh, kids and grandkids that he played on a team with Tom Bleepin' Brady, despite the fact the guy was 43 years old. But uh, I think that's cool. To the Packers, though, at the end of the day, it's Packer week in two weeks. We'll see how Green Bay fares moving forward. We'll talk about history of the Packers in a moment, but it was just kind of surprising. I don't expect numbers like this <laughs> from Aaron Rodgers against the Minnesota Vikings in, in Lambeau Field. I just don't think so. That's the funny part. Yeah, if, if Rodgers is going to have a sucky game, I guess it's going to be against Tampa. Uh, they'll be playing the Houston Texans to warm up to warm up to play the Vikings because, boy, oh boy, they got to really be ready to play the Vikings on November the 1st. I mean, they got to be ready. It's another nooner. Both games are nooners. Houston's a nooner on the 25th. The Fifth anniversary of Flip Saunders' death. Remember, I talked about him in the first segment. Oh man, October twenty fifth. Now we got October eighteenth as well. So, sports wise, in Minnesota, October is going to be a sad month for a long time. Uh, you know, it it really is. Within about a week here, you know, and you see those, you see that calm look in the sky, that blue sky with the those. Uh, gosh, they look like a uh, not all rotten potatoes, but scalloped potatoes, looking clouds. There was a little bit of that this morning, and there absolutely was that the day of Flip Saunders' death. It was just kind of a calm, quiet. It was mostly cloudy in both cases, and then you just felt something was changing, you know. So, sorry, that kind of triggered that memory again when I looked at October 25th, getting distracted. But, uh, man, Sid Hartman died today. Sid Hartman died today. Man. Oh, man. Everybody knew who Sid Hartman was way, way, way before I was born. People knew who he was in the 40s and 50s. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that one, I, I got kind of teary-eyed, like, right away. Obviously, I got teary-eyed when Flip passed away. I didn't know what to do that day five years ago, and now five whole years later, and we get to hear about Sid's death just a week before. Uh, the week before the five-year anniversary. What a son of a gun. What a son of a gun. Oh, man. Uh, sorry. Uh, but, yeah, Green Bay, obviously, awesome start to the season until today. 
Uh, sorry, I'm kind of losing it right now. Rodgers was just so damn efficient. I, I, I just, you know, I don't feel confident playing against the Green Bay Packers. You obviously can tell where I'm leaning. Minnesota's lost three straight games against the Green Bay Packers. We whooped up on that team. No, we didn't whoop up on them, but we beat them. And uh, we beat them on November the 25th. Congratulations, Minnesota. That was their last win versus the Green Bay Packers. 2018, that was a not very good season. The Vikings were still trying to knock on the door for some kind of a playoff hope that at that time. It was a very impressive win, actually. 24-17 to over a Packer team who we'd uh, tied earlier in the season. That was annoying. Very, very annoying. The overall record all-time, the Green Bay Packers lead. And back in the 90s, it was neck and neck and neck and neck. Every single year, it was one and one. Minnesota wins at home, Green Bay wins at home. Minnesota wins at home, Green Bay wins at home. All through the 70s, the 60s, 80s, and and the 90s. It was kind of just a back and forth forever. I mean, we just didn't sweep the Packers. I think we did in, yeah, we, we did once in a blue moon, but not very often. We did in 2018, uh, 17, pardon me. That was freaking fun. But it didn't help that Roger's shoulder was injured by Anthony Barr uh, in the Metrodome. I just called it the Metrodome, U.S. Bank Stadium. Some memorable ones, that 16-0 win, but that was against, uh, God, that was a bad Packer team because, again, Rodgers was injured. And you got to see somebody holding the purple sign saying Kings of the North. That was a beautiful moment. Like, we're on our way to just an unbelievable season, and who knows what's going to happen. Like, we actually won the division that year. It's like been Green Bay's division forever, and maybe Chicago squeaking up and stealing one here and there as well. Oh, lots of memories. We played them in the playoffs once, or twice, pardon me. We won back in 04, the 04 season. It was 05 January. And then, uh, <laughs> uh, and then 2012, in January 2013, that was just a, that was an absolute drubbing. Uh, the memories could go on forever. This one, I can't really go over history as much as I'd like because it, it would go on for days because <laughs> there's too much history with this club. Unfortunately, this site is acting up, and I'm not happy about it right now. It is just sitting there acting stupid, but that's how it goes sometimes. I keep getting this stupid thing. Okay, maybe that'll make it stop. Good. Okay, good. Damn it, I put the wrong button. (laughs) My apologies. I was trying to load a box for and it didn't happen. Vikings had a pretty massive winning streak in the 70s, but not that anyone cares, right? Two, three, four, no, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and then we had a tie, and then we won in overtime. So we were undefeated versus the Packers for nine straight games, dating from 75 to 1979, after I was about three months old there, uh, September 23rd, 79, about three months old at that time. Vikings were actually pretty dominant versus Green Bay for a while, Mostly the late 60s and all through the 70s. Imagine that, because that was when the Vikings were super good. Here's a bit of history that'll make you kind of shake a little bit. But then again, you got to remember who the Packers were in the early 60s. They were two-time Super Bowl champions. They obviously were great. Bart Starr, Vince Lombardi, yeah. Very familiar names, huh? Vikings lost the first six games between these two teams. <laughs> That's pretty bad. They finally Vikings finally beat the Packers by one bleeping point in 1964. A Viking team that probably is not very memorable. And, yeah, at the end of the day, it just kind of is what it is. Um, Vikings lost three in a row again after that. And then things started to kind of get 500 for a little while by the mid-60s. Win, loss, win, loss. And then the huge winning streak started in 68. 
And the domination continued until the end of the 70s, and then it went completely back the other way. Packers won three in a row from 79 into 80, so to speak. Vikings squeaked out one, well, 30 to 13 in a not-so-good 81 Viking team. And then it was just law. Yep, then we get swept again. We won one in overtime in 83, and then another massive losing streak that uh, had us all kind of sad and depressed at the end of the day from uh, yep, 83, 85. Vikings were not real good. Most of the 80s, actually, the Vikings and Packers were not even at all. I guess it depends on, I don't know, but the Vikings were okay in the 80s, but for some reason the Packers, who weren't as good, beat us all the time. Five losses in a row in the early half of the 80s, four losses in a row in the late 80s, six out of six out of seven losses to the Packers from 87 to 90. What the hell? And then the 90s, the Vikings dominated for a little while in the early 90s in the early Denny Green era. And then the later Denny Green era wasn't as good. The 97 Packers swept us. That, that's kind of sucky. Then you had 500 ball until 03. And then, yeah, and then things went really south again. You lose three, you win three in a row. That was cool, including that playoff game and pretty much ever since. Oh, boy, we've had two five-game losing streaks to Green Bay with a little three-game mixed in there during the Brett Favre era. That was cool. Three games in a row versus them. So we won three. We were three and 13 versus them. No, three and, three, three and 10 versus them during that time because Aaron Rodgers was starting to take over again and Favre obviously had laughed and we didn't have anybody. And Yeah, it's been rough. Bottom line, it's been generally rough. It used to be closer and it's not at the end of the day. So I kind of dragged that out a little bit longer than I probably needed to, but I, I love talking about history, and Mark Carlson had something very nice to say, as did Mike on the page as well. Looking forward to talking about that. Oh, I just heard something in the background that I'm not too happy about. Here comes the noise, folks. Here comes the noise. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, generally speaking, though, Green Bay, it kind of is what it is. Aaron Rodgers obviously has had an unbelievable season until today. And I expect his excellent pace to continue. He had not thrown a single interception until today. He had 13 touchdowns, 10 today, no touchdowns, and two interceptions. So still 13 and two, respectively. Aaron Rodgers' completion percentage is way, way, way up than it had been until today. But 70% into today's into, uh, before today's game. Again, they had the bye last week. So again, you got to consider those 13 touchdowns were in only four freaking games. Aaron Jones is an outstanding running back. He will fumble once in a while, and the ball is spread around all over the place. As good as uh, Avante Adams is, the ball gets spread around all over the place, to be quite fair. And uh, Robert <laughs> Robert Tanyan actually leads the team in receiving touchdowns with five. Good for him. Aaron Jones, obviously, is a good, strong receiving running back as well. Super, super valuable son of a gun, generally speaking. Alan's, Alan Lazard actually leads the team in uh, yards, so to speak, and receptions. That is Devontae Adams, and he absolutely killed the Minnesota Vikings in Week 1 versus the Green Bay Packers. Sorry for smacking the lips. Of course, uh, defensively, it's a way, way, way different team than it was just two or three years ago. ZS, Zadarius, Zadarius Smith with five sacks in the season. I remember last year, what did he have, like three in the, in the game late in the season last year, and just absolutely made... Mr. Uh, Garrett Bradbury looked like a schmuck. Made him look like crap. I almost dropped an S-word, but I guess it was a different kind of S-word as well. Uh, to be fair, Ezra Cleveland, he wasn't great in the game, but he was he, he was better. You're not hearing people screaming and moaning like we were last week 
and the last couple of weeks and Drew Samia was out there and he was just absolutely terrible and you know he's not Drew Samia tried his best and it just didn't work and I don't know we'll see maybe maybe next year better luck next year kid I, I, I don't know Hopefully he can get it together, but so far it doesn't look like he's an NFL player, and that sucks. For Ezra Cleveland, I think so. Um, I think he'll be fine. He played on the right guard, which surprised me a little bit. I thought he was going to wind up on the left side, but I guess they didn't want to mess with uh, Mr. Dozier there for Minnesota. Number 78, Mr. Dozier, DJ Dozier there. <sighs> we'll see what happens. So, end of the day, I don't expect a win for Minnesota versus this Packer team. I think the Packers will be 6-1. and one by the time the game is over versus uh, Green Bay. there's The Packers are going to lose to Houston. I'd be quite surprised, and I'd be quite surprised if they lose to the Minnesota Vikings in Lambeau Field. It'd be an amazing win, but in some ways it'd be kind of meaningless, I guess, as well, if you want a draft pick. And rather than finishing 6-10, and 10, maybe might as well finish 4-12 and 12 or something. I mean, you know, I know you don't want to tank, but I don't know. Nobody really does. 3-13 and 13 is depressing. It's crap. It's awful. But that's the way it goes sometimes. And it would be nice to have a very high draft pick. And hopefully it's not the next Matt Khalil. Hopefully it's the next... Uh, <laughs> hopefully it's the next Tom Brady. Hopefully it's the next... <laughs> hopefully it's the next... Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Hopefully it's somebody that's really damn good. And the Minnesota Vikings have some magic. Not every Super Bowl winning quarterback was Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, or... Tom Brady. So that's the one thing to think about. But it certainly would help to have that. It would help our chances, to be quite honest, because I think the Packers are the best team in the NFC until today. Maybe maybe it is Tampa. <laughs> Tampa might just go crazy after today because they haven't played that great, honestly. They're 4-2, and two, thankfully, uh, for their stack, but maybe things are finally starting to click. <laughs> maybe they're going to have to click because Tom Brady's 43 already. They don't have a whole lot of time to wait for that to, to gel. So, I don't know. Green Bay, sorry, I'm smacking my lips again. Green Bay's going to win the football game, though. I don't expect a whole lot of positivity. Minnesota's going to score some points. But you know what's going to happen with uh, Kirk Cousins. We're all going to be begging for him to get benched, begging for him to not get hurt. Let's not go that far. Even though some of you might actually be cheering for that, and that's probably not a good idea. I, I don't know. It's We get to play... Uh, yeah, okay, I'm looking at the... Yeah. I was like, wait a minute, we're not playing Tampa after the bye. Yeah, Green Bay played Tampa after the bye. We play the Packers after the bye. And, of course, there will be no show next week, which I'm sure you were guessing. Um, I have very little faith, though. It's going to be something along the likes of... It's going to be another shootout, maybe a little lower scoring, though. It's going to be a cold day in Green Bay, probably, most likely, because the weather's starting to change like it has the last couple of years, uh, a little earlier. So, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's going to be, uh, it's going to probably be a cold day. Most likely, a two-week forecast isn't available to me at this second. But uh, more than likely, it's going to be a colder day. I'm expecting something along the likes of 31, uh, I, I'm seeing 34, 34-24, 10 point kind of game. Cousins will have a couple moments. He'll get his yards. Maybe Justin Jefferson will have a little bit of moss in the end zone type of thing. Maybe there'll be some moss in the end zone again named Justin Jefferson. And that'll be great. Hopefully he can continue the run he's been on because he's got a chance to be awesome. And you can definitely see it. The Vikings drafted a good receiver again. Yes! it. You know, <laughs> sometimes we hit, sometimes we miss with these wide receivers. You get some low-hanging curveballs, you think. You're seventh pick in the draft. You're going to get somebody really good. And you swing and miss like a blind bat. 
And then you take a, a swing in the fifth round with your eyes closed, and you hit the thing right on the fat part of the barrel, and it's in the triple deck. It's in the it, it's it, it's in the third deck. <laughs> and then this time, twenty first pick in the draft. Well, you saw the ball coming. It wasn't that easy of a pitch, but yeah, it was a pretty good fastball, about ninety five miles an hour. But luckily, you saw it was a fastball, not a whole lot of movement, just just speed. And you kept up with it, and you hit a home run here, probably with Justin Jefferson, probably. Uh, I think so, because uh, clearly something's up, and he is a stud. Just imagine Justin Jefferson with a more competent quarterback. Ooh-wee. Obviously, Kirk Cousins has the skills. He has the uh, he, he has special skills to throw the ball, but he doesn't have consistency. He doesn't have the mental toughness uh, to be uh, a, a, a great quarterback. That's plain as day. He has physical toughness because, dare I knock on wood, he has been insanely durable throughout his career. Insanely durable. That's one major credit to him. But his uh, mental toughness just isn't there, as far as I'm concerned. So, there's that. Green Bay wins 34-24. Long story longer. We'll talk about, uh, we'll get to you with fan interaction right after this. Just coming up to lunchtime here on Tuesday. Would have liked to have got something into your podcast, but uh, obviously with the time zone differences, it's always a bit of a challenge. I see there's a new pod up, um, which I look forward to listening to because, um, as I say, I, I think when I listen to you, I'm kind of constantly always nodding my head saying, yeah, totally agree with that. It's uh, it's refreshing to have a, a podcaster that... Uh, has pretty much the same sort of sentiment towards the Vikings as I do, so so I always enjoy them, and I shall look forward to listening to this one this afternoon, but uh, bloody hell, come on, what a way to lose a game, how gut-wrenching. The trouble is with those sort of plays, and, you know, I'm, I'm first to say, yeah, I'm totally behind what Zimmer did there, I thought it was a good call, um, but those are the sort of plays where a coaching staff could get sacked, especially when you're kind of looking at one and three, and uh, then going one and four, because sure as hell, as soon as you know they didn't make that fourth down, it was like, yeah, you can see what's going to happen here. The bloody Wilson and Co. are going to roll down the field and put seven on us, and sure as hell they did. You know, seen many, many games where the purple have been in winning positions, and for some explicable reason um, they've thrown it away or they've lost and uh, yet again it happened so ultimately just another kick in the nuts for us um, but we're well used to it um, I did feel there were a lot of positives to take out of that game say Zimmer seems to be getting this defence together um, you know that, that was a solid performance putting under 30 points on the table against Wilson you know um, that team has been pretty good all season and uh, as far as I'm concerned when you're taking on one of the best NFC teams and you should have won perhaps we are turning the corner I don't know I, I'm still very much mixed on how I feel I want this season to go again like you I didn't have a lot of expectations this season but after watching a game like that, you think you know can this team turn it around can they go on a run and perhaps win nine of the last 11 and put themselves in a position for a wild card perhaps that's too much to ask um I, I, I don't know I, I, I'm 
still happy with Zimmer. You know, after the years of coaches that we've seen here, um, I think on the whole, he's done a pretty decent job. Again, can he take us to the next level? I don't know. But personally, I'm prepared to wait another couple of years to see where it goes. There were some very good performances in that game. You know, you look at uh, Matheson. I mean, that was superb. And it kind of questions, why did we pay Cook so much money when we've had to decimate the defence to cover the costs of um, Cousins? Um, but again, that's that's a front-room issue. And uh, I think I think you know certainly how I feel about Spillman. I'm not a Spillman supporter particularly. Yes, they've made some good choices in, in the draft, but I'm still not convinced... Um, I guess it was all you can say is a new way to lose last night, or the night before even. Um, you know, let's be honest, 2020 is just obviously not our year. Although I'm not quite prepared to give up on it yet after what we saw Sunday. Anyway, Joe, I've, I've probably spent more than enough time wittering away. Um, Skull, brothers and sisters, and I look forward to listening to the podcast later. And, uh, oh, thanks for all the silver and gold stars. Uh, you take care, my friend. And, as always, I can't thank you enough for the call-in. Dave Martin, Mad Martin, I almost didn't see that for a second there. I'm like, wait a minute, yeah, I better check. And then, oh, yep, sure enough, there he is. <laughs> Dave Martin, Mad Martin, out of Northern Scotland, an absolute legend of the show. And uh, you are more than welcome for the gold stars and silver stars that you have received. Well-deserved and a Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, no question about it. No question about it. Yeah, I mean, there is a ton of... Uh, Thoughts, obviously, with that Seattle game, of course, and I can't wait what you can't wait to hear what you have to say about Atlanta, of course, and yeah, uh, obviously you got the Twitter account coming up too here very shortly at Purple Mafia Show. We'll hear from Malcolm and Dave Martin, Mad Martin, Malcolm McSween out of California. Now, of course, to what Dave Martin had to say again, it's amazing too. Again, how we had to <laughs> use up so much of our salary cap for a quarterback that isn't a winner. And, you know, he has one special skill. That's a good arm. Everything else just isn't really a special skill. No mobility, uh, sensing pressure. Accuracy is there, sure. So it's like the arm and the accuracy is there. But other stuff is missing. Mental toughness, this and that. Leadership skills. They're just not there. And thought is right now that it's not like the players are quitting on the coach necessarily, but they're more than likely quitting on the quarterback because it seemed like the body language throughout the game from what I've heard from Judd Zolgan and such, especially Judd Zolgan, is that they just, the players don't have much of a connection with Kirk Cousins. They really don't. Uh, they weren't around him conversating about anything. There was just nothing there. That uh, And that's a huge reason why Stefan takes left. Uh, I think that's well known at the end of the day. Uh, it's a mess. Obviously, we could have put more into the defense and such. And a guy that I think absolutely will get cut in this offseason, unless they flat out don't know what they're doing. And I'm pretty sure, pretty confident they're going to have to bite the bullet here. And quite frankly, it's not as big a loss as others are saying. As I said on the last episode, cut Anthony Barr in the offseason. Anthony Barr's done. Uh, maybe Kyle Rudolph as well. You're probably going to have to. That's a lot of cap space right there. Anthony Barr and Kyle Rudolph. I mean, that's like, gosh, like at like $25 million cap relief right there, I gotta think, right? So, that's a lot. Still not as much as Kirk Cousins. Doesn't that just make you crazy? Oh, if we could trade him to San Francisco somehow. Oh, please, please, Schottenheimer. No, Schottenheimer. Did I just call him Schottenheimer? I just called him that. Uh, Shanahan, please. Please, Kyle. Shanahan, please, Kyle. I know you love Kirk Cousins so much. You want to see him in that San Francisco, uh, you know, red and gold and all that. 
And they're wearing white at home. What do you think this is? Baseball or something? What do you think this is? Basketball for like 90 years was like white jerseys at home. Now they're going, you know, the darker, you know, more bold colors at home, just like hockey and football. And I don't know. Whatever. San Francisco's wearing white at home. That's really weird. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe it's... I, I don't know why. The, the It's like the real reason why San Francisco's doing it is I have absolutely no idea. So, uh, but no, awesome call in. Absolutely no question about it. And how you were saying how for some of the decisions here, a lot of times coaches could get fired at the end of the game. Yeah, if, if Zimmer was on a hot or hot seat, he would have been fired after last week probably or possibly. After today, no question. Because it's just, I mean, they got absolutely demolished. They got demolished against Green Bay. They got demolished by the uh, Indianapolis Colts, did the Vikings. They got, well, in the later stages of the game, got humiliated by the uh, Tennessee Titans. That was extremely frustrating. Um, and then we beat the Texans, woohoo, where the team literally quit on the coach, literally. So, well, that's our one win so far this year, a team where that, that literally quit on the coach. They literally wanted to get him fired because of, of some blow-up with uh, Bill O'Brien and J.J. Watt. And uh, we all know who usually wins those. In fact, we always do. Uh, sometimes, whatever. You know, it's like players. Sometimes they, they just dictate their way through life. But maybe he was right. Maybe J.J. Watt was right in that case. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't always like how things turn out. Five people retweeted. That's awesome. Thank you, guys. Dave Hickey and four others. Let's see. Look, are they, uh, I think I saw them. We have Lee Albertson. That's, that's Leland out of Iowa. Thank you. Dave Hickey out of Iowa. Leland out of Iowa. Tene Brown out of New Zealand. Malcolm McSween out of Cali, and Mr. Vinrock, Vince Germano out of Australia, retweeting the most recent episode. Thank you very much. I'm going to be frank with all of you. The numbers have been down, and I've been losing people on the Facebook page. I don't know if it's because people are frustrated with me because I'm not a homer, or maybe they don't like the way I talk, they don't like my politics, something. I don't know what it is. I apologize for that. Maybe you're just sick of the Vikings and are done watching them and wanna don't want to hear from me anymore. I, I don't know what it is, but it's uh, it's been a weird year. The numbers are way down. Let me just tell you, they're down. Uh, it's years like this that make me kind of start rethinking and make me want to step away. But I'm probably not going to. Uh, very unlikely, but uh, I guess you never know in this world. You just never know. Malcolm out of Cali says two interceptions lead to two touchdowns. Yep, four point, 14 points off of turnovers there. No question about that. Uh, Malcolm continues saying, going to switch to a different game now. What a waste of time. Blow it up. And, okay, that's Mad Martin. Yep, thank you again, Malcolm, for that and the retweet and everything. Awesome. Love the guy. Purple Mafia Hall of Fame right there. Mad Martin says blow it up and go 2019 Dolphins and trade everyone of value. Yeah, I mean, maybe we could get a Tua as a quarterback or a Shields. Maybe we could be, have a Shield of Faith. Wouldn't that be nice? In Tucking Real. I'm guessing he meant to say unbleeping real. Yep, and that's why he was making fun of uh, the... Uh, yep, that's why he's making fun of the uh, smartphones later on. Let's see what he says here. Mad Martin, that is. Him being Mad Martin says, Bloody terrible performance. I was stunned by the Sea Chicken's performance in a good way. I'm bleeping stunned by this in a bleeping bad way. Yeah, me too. Uh, he says, supposed supposed to say unbleeping real. Yep, that's what I thought. Un, yep, with the F word. Un-effing real. 
uh, angry faces bleeping so-called smartphones. Yep, he's calling it a stupid phone there. And yes, there's a lot of reasons to be frustrated with that. Oh, when I try to voice text, it goes all over the place. Any of you want to relate to that one? Because I do not like touchscreen at all. I don't. The convenience of it is nice. You don't have stuff sliding around and all that. So how it's just an all-in-one package. That's the good part. That's what wasn't good about phones that would still have the sliding out keyboard. But the typing on a touchscreen is freaking annoying as hell. Unless you're a cute little, tiny little girl with tiny little hands. You know, like my wife is small like that. It's easier for them to text. Me, it's not. Um, I like to voice text. My hands aren't that big, but they're bigger than a little girl's hand or a little lady's hand. Um, that kind of thing. Um, I, I use voice text a lot, and it bleeps it up so bad you wouldn't even believe it. Like you want to say, I'll see you today, see you later today, it'll say Tuesday. Like, seriously? Or it'll come up with something even worse. Almost every time I say, wow, it says, well. Like, wow, that's awesome. Well, that's awesome. Really? You know, come on. And other times it absolutely changes the entire word. And I press send because I don't look fast enough. And it's like, then the person's all confused. What are you writing? And that's really annoying. So let's continue. Sorry. Uh, I think some of you may be able to relate to that. Isn't it fun to be able to relate to each other about something other than being frustrated about the Vikings? I don't know. It's... Yeah, let's let, let's relate to being frustrated about the Vikings, huh? Mad Martin says, hard to find positives after that game. Purple, have a good nucleus. Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, Madison on. How dare you say Madison after today's game? No, I'm kidding. Madison's good. He is. Uh, but we're seeing, I guess, more and more of a, if defenses are able to focus on him, it's it's tougher. But I don't know. Madison normally would play better than this. That, that Atlanta defense was damn motivated today. Madison on offense. Uh, you know, that's everybody. Add the defensive line, Kendricks, the young cornerback, Smith and Harris. But the, quarter sp- the quarterback spot is killing us. Will the Green- Grim Reaper be calling Zim or the GM? Somebody's going to get fired very soon if things continue. I think some- somebody's going to get fired soon. As of right now, nobody's been fired. Okay. Mike Zimmer says he did not consider benching Kirk Cousins after the three interception first half. There goes Judd Zolgad, score North fame, of course, score North. Uh, Purple Daily uh, streamed out a quick little thing on Twitter. It might have been everything, the YouTube, you know, basically Purple Daily. But yeah, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, you know, it's kind of all in all in one package there, which is nice. Had a short little, like, two minute uh, halftime rant, which is. Uh, was very well uh, well deserved for the Vikings. He was basically saying that uh, Mike Zimmer needs to bench Kirk Cousins in this game. Not because Sean Mannion's going to save the day. The, the game was over, basically. Or was it? I mean, yeah, it was over. It was basically over. Sean Mannion wasn't going to save the day, but it was going to make a statement like, yeah, you know, I'm tired of what you guys are seeing also. It, you know, you need to be punished, Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I just call him Aaron Rodgers. You need to be punished, Kirk Cousins, because you're killing us. You're, you are killing us out there. Uh, it is what it is. You can stand on the sidelines and be frustrated the rest of the game. And Mike Zimmer says he did not consider benching Kirk Cousins after three interception first half versus the Falcons. Well, for some of you out there that might be Minnesota Wild fans, can I make a comparison here? Can I make a comparison if you're a Minnesota Wild fan that's been paying attention to the team since 2012, 
Uh, I'm beginning to see my. I'm getting beginning to see more and more of what Kirk Cousins is to the Vikings. He's what Ryan Suter is to the Wild, but but worse. Ryan Suter's skills are very good, and all that. But there's that that side of him that he is a flat out dictator. It is what it is. Where Kirk Cousins, I mean, it, it's just one of those things where it's like New World Order mafia, whatever the heck. It's more like mafia to everything than New World Order, but it's got a New World Order vibe to it as well. New Viking Order vibe, you know, where it's very corrupt. Where no matter what Ryan Suter does out there, and no matter what the condition is, what the situation is in the game, Ryan Suter's getting his minutes. Period. And if you don't like it, T.S. Ryan Suter's getting his minutes. He's getting 28 minutes rather than what normally, for a normal defenseman, would be like 22-23. Nope, Ryan Suter's getting his 28 because he's Ryan Suter. Damn it. And you're not going to do nothing about it because guess what? I'm making this amount of money, and you're not. And I could call the owner up, I could call this guy up, I could call that guy up, my confidants within the team, and you're screwed if you dare to mess with me. That kind of thing. It might not be as harsh with uh, Kirk Cousins, but there is the whole pressure of the $30 million. We're paying this guy this amount of money, you're not benching him, buddy. You're not benching him. It's not happening. It just sucks, doesn't it? That's why you don't sign him for that kind of money in the first place. He, he asks for an outrageous demand. You pass. You have to pass. I mean, it is what it is. You know, 2017 was lightning in a bottle. It really was. And we're seeing more and more as to reason, uh, reasons as to why. If you get a, a quarterback in the draft, somehow, some way, and you still have nice pieces around the guy, well, who knows? And maybe you take a chance on Teddy versus Keenum which is what the Vikings probably should have done without paying Case Keenum $20 million a year. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is really unbelievable at the end of the day. <sighs> so that's Twitter, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Thank you guys on the Twitter account there. Let's get to Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. And those of you out there, if I haven't thrown out the uh, invite, I thought I did. But, uh, well, depending on if you like political talk, once in a while. If you like political talk, Freedom of Thoughts Facebook page is now out there. It is out there. Eventually there might be some short podcasts, or I'll do little video podcasts. You'll say video casts, video podcasts on that uh, Facebook page as well. If I have like a short little rant about something. Some of you might not like it, so it is what it is. Um, we're all different. We're all different. Some of you agree. Some of you don't. It's a very divided country right now, and whatever. It is what it is. I don't want to get into it any further. I, I just don't. It's the way it is. It, it sucks. It sucks. I'm not happy about it either. I liked when the, you know, I liked when the country was more united pre-HW. Let's just leave it at that. Some of you know who HW is, and some of you don't. Not W, but HW. Pre-HW, this country was crazy united. It truly was, and that was a good time. And those days are way, way past us now, unfortunately. That's just the way I see things at the moment. I thought I had the Purple Mafia show Facebook page loaded, and I didn't, but that's because I was screwing around. But uh, you could look it up through Freedom of Thought. I even have it on Twitter, at Freedom of Thou. thou. Well, it it was going to be Thought. They don't let you choose what your uh, Twitter handle is. They just just forced that on me. I thought I was going to be able to choose something if I need to. They didn't even let me. It's freedom of thou 20, basically. Thou, like thought, but thou with the number 20. So if you want to follow that Twitter account, jump on board. 
I've invited somebody on there, and somebody on my query couldn't find it. Uh, and I apologize. So the most recent episode, where is it right here? A couple of comments. Episode two or three twenty four already. That's cool. And you know, every comment is relevant. So stop that crap. Come on, Facebook. Leland Elbertson says only a few times a year. It's a Tuesday morning list and another great show, Joey. Thank you, Leland. Out of Iwija, out of Iowa. Mark Carlson says Jamin Chase Carlson new episode is up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Mark, for that. Thank you very much indeed. Yep, no Viking news during the week, and then Sid died today of all days, not a couple of days ago or whatever, or a couple of days after the game. It was the day of the game. In-game thread, there's some interesting conversation in there. Josh Mayer Henry, out of Colorado and Purple Mafia Hall of Famer, says, I do like Jefferson. I think he could be a good receiver in this league and doesn't seem like a diva like Diggs was. That's really true. That's pretty cool. Oh, sorry about that noise. Sorry about that noise. Uh, there he is, Mike Dale. Gold Star winner, and apparently he is a listener, which is awesome. I really, really, yeah, really like this, uh, the the stuff he says. You're awesome, Mike. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I th I think he's just recently started posting just a couple shows ago, and it's some good stuff. And he is out of the New York area. Yes, he is. Looks like a singer. <laughs> yep, pretty cool. Yep, vocalist. Yep, he is a vocalist. Very, very, very cool. A great South band. All right. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Let's continue to see what Mike has to say here. Danzler impresses me as an open field tackler. Yeah, that was really good. That was really good. He is a good open field tackler. However, <laughs> Jones and Ridley are eating him and Gladney alive. Yep, eating him and Gladney alive, which isn't all that surprising. That said, we are making a really bad team look much, much, much better than they really are. Cousins is absolutely stinking up the room. Maybe the worst half I've ever seen him play. Sean Mannion is horrendous. Yeah, he's got no arm, does he? Like, he seriously looks like a high school quarterback. But he could really... But could he really do worse than Kirk right now? I don't think so. Since we are playing so poorly against an 0-5 team, maybe we are bad enough to draft a top prospect quarterback in this draft. Not next year's draft. And I'm ready for that. I'm, I'm ready. If we're going to suck, we might as well suck. I mean, 6 and 10 sucks just as much as 3 and 13. It's just three more losses, and either way, the team stinks real bad and has no chance of making any type of postseason, much less a playoff run. Brad <laughs> McCarthy says, at least the defense is trying. I'll give him that. Uh, Dave Hickey says, just keep throwing passes short of the first downs and punt the ball away. And that seems to be the trend that's been going on forever and ever and ever, going back to at least Childress. It's so annoying. Brett McCarthy also on the bench. Cousins band, bandwagon at halftime there. Three interceptions. Josh Mayer Henry says, I'll give him a bit of a pass on the third one since, his, since he, uh, he was hit, but I won't be mad to see him benched. I wouldn't either. <laughs> Leland was like, yep, I'm done. Time to rake. Yep, time to go outside and rake some leaves. Yep, I understand you there. Mark Carlson. Yep, here we go. Pretty cool. Because this was like earlier in the day when I posted the uh, first posted thread. This is where I want to get to. Really nice stuff. Uh, Mark Carlson says, Loved the look at history between the two teams, meaning Atlanta, that you provided in the great last episode, Palatino Joey. You have a certain gift. Looking forward to adding another chapter in that book today. Yep, with the, with the history. And Gerald String out of Nebraska says, Ditto. Um, 
Yep, it is an absolute honor. Absolute honor to uh, to uh, bring you historical conversation. Maybe that is my gift. I do think historical conversation is my gift when it comes to sports history. I talked about the 81 North Stars on Brave the Wild back in uh, late May, if I remember correctly. And it kind of sat there and screwed around for a while, and the numbers just blew up. I mean, that show is fantastic. Talking about the 81 North Stars, that's a long time ago. That's 39 years ago. So, I don't know. And I wasn't there watching the game, you know, the Stanley Cup Final, because I was talking about the 81 North Stars Stanley Cup Finals and really how they got to the final and why they lost. They got to the final because of the, the youth and the excitement, but they also lost because they were too young. See, the youth, the loosey-goosey and the skill got them to the final, but then when they ran into the New York Islanders, who were a dynasty at the time, the lack of leadership and, and veteran experience is what killed them in that final. So it was a combination. They got there for a reason, and they lost for a reason, and they got destroyed as well. Their captain was a guy that no one's ever heard of. It was uh, Paul Schmier. Paul Schmier. Paul Schmier. That's right, Paul Schmier. Have you ever heard of Paul Schmier? Me neither. So, Mike Doyle, Mike Dale, I'm really sorry, says that's why his show rocks. Yep, and this is from a guy who's in a band. When he says rocks, that means something. Let me tell you. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. That is awesome. He talks about historic encounters and stirs it up great. Old nostalgia. At times it's painful, though, which I love. Honestly, the Falcons stir up my most painful Vikings memory. Yep. I still, yeah, here it is. This is it. I still haven't watched the replay of that game, that meaning that game, yeah, the 98 NFC Championship game. Yeah, that's what he means, 98 NFC Championship. Yeah. I still haven't watched the replay of that game and can't even bring myself to watch the highlight of that last Gary Anderson kick. The one that, yep, I still remember it crystal clear after, you know, I'm not seeing it since then. Immediately the ball was kicked, and immediately it was... A miss. Everybody knows. Everybody knew it was a miss because it was instantly in that magical spot. It stayed there. It didn't hook at all. It was just already there. Ridiculous. <sighs> I was telling him, same here. I often reflect on how I refused to watch the 1998 NFC Championship game. I forgot to mention it on the last show. 22 years, and I won't watch one second. I can't do it. I can't. And all I have really watched when it comes to the 2009 is just the, the Favre interception, the worst part of the, that entire situation. Favre was not the reason why we lost. Adrian Peterson is a giant reason. In fact, I'll say he is the reason why the Vikings lost that game. Adrian Peterson is the reason why we lost that game. But uh, the Favre, I get a kick out of the way Paul Allen called that. That's what it is because it was just so emotional and it was so like here's the excitement and then a little bit and then some fear and then just death. It was like Literally, the way he's like, Favre to pass. He pumps. He fires it over the middle, kind of like fear, and then intercepted. I can't believe what I just saw right now. You got to be kidding me. You know, it just like he just died. Like, you got to be kidding me. Oh, my God. And then the eruption of emotion after Pete Bursich said, he should have held on to it, Paul. He could have just slid. He could have just got an extra five yards or so and slid. And then, you know, I mean, you could have made a play next time around or just kicked the field goal. And then P.A. says, but why would you even ponder passing? You could take a knee and kick a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. And, yeah, just the emotions of that call will reflect forever. Uh, forever. 
that's why I listened back to that only because of that moment. Only because of that moment. The, the, the call. Just the intercept that I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. <laughs> uh, uh. Josh Mayer Henry on the interception says, both kicks were really shitty throws and piss poor decisions. Yes, they were. Oh, God, yes. Especially the very first pass of the game was an interception. Yep. If I didn't uh, talk about that enough in the first half, the first pass of the game was an interception. Very first pass of the game. Yeah, unbelievable. Very first play of the game. Mike Dale, New York area. Not New York City, though. I already forgot what city it was. I believe. Let's see, I can't remember. We'll look it up uh, at some point. Madison says, uh, or excuse me, Mike Dale says, Madison is a good back, but he's not Delvin Cook, and he doesn't scare opposing defenses. That just illustrates perfectly that Cousins is completely toothless when running an offense without a legitimate threat of a running game. Yeah, that did not help. The opposing secondary can key in on the pass, and most times Kirk will not deliver. That's a really good point when you look at the big picture here, because they weren't that scared of Alexander Madison, and heck, he got completely rendered useless, and then they could key on the pass, and when they key on the pass, Kirk Cousins urinates down his leg, which is, again, a big difference between him and Tom Brady. Big difference. He'll panic and try to force a play that isn't there, and he'll miss the play that is there because he's too busy panicking. Just the, the old processor doesn't process the way it needs to. Mike Dale says, great play by Jefferson to get some uh, to get into the end zone. That was a great play. Uh, come on, Kirk. Make me my words above. I hope you do. No, in fact, I dare you. Yeah, love that. That was, that was good stuff. <laughs> I dare you. Yeah, doesn't get much better than that, does it? Josh Mary says, okay, so I was letting... Okay, so I was okay letting the coaches, coaching staff keep the job for the year because I don't like firing during the year, but doing the same dumb shit in back-to-back weeks, not taking points when you have them is enough. Time to go! I don't blame you for that take. I don't blame you. I don't. I kind of like the play calls in both cases, but at this point I think, yeah, okay, let's let's stop it. You know, Obviously it's not going to happen. Apparently we're as predictable as anybody. Mike Feather Stu Evans says one play, one interception. Here we go again. Yep, Ronald Reagan like there. Here we go again. <laughs> Eric Mustard, South Dakota. And I believe Mike Feather's also there. Brad McCarthy, South Dakota. Uh, Eric Mustard says, Hi, we're hi, we're a run team. So let's start by throwing. What's the worst that could happen? Exactly. That's a good one, Eric Mustard. That's a good one. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> yeah, what's the worst that could happen? Kurt back out of White Bear Lake says absolutely pathetic. Yep. And Brett McCarthy says lost for words. Yep, that was on the first play of the game. Lost for words. Like he just couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. Let's get to the post game thread. That was the in game thread. Again, also journalist Sid Hartman dies at one hundred. Yep. Couple of comments. And Jeff Bolstad says, Rest in peace, Mr. Hartman. And Brett McCarthy says R.I.P. Sid. Yep, rest in peace, Sid. Um, yeah, Sid Hartman died today, man. Mm. Wow. 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 You know, I mean, seriously, that's a, that's a big deal. It, it really is. It's a big deal. I mean, there was a statue of him outside of uh, Target Center for how long? Luckily, certain people didn't tear that one down yet. 
I hope they don't. Just, you know, yeah, just don't tear that one down, okay? Even if he may have sneezed once in 1964 or something and somebody didn't like it, can, can we just, yeah, can we not tear that one down? Is that okay? That's all I'm asking. I'm not trying to hurl insults at people. I'm just saying some stuff should be left alone. Gerald Spring says, well, now what? Highest paid team in the league. We just extended Cousins, Zimmer, and Spielman. Um, definite head scratcher. Their main problem is they get emotionally attached to old players. <laughs> yep. Instead of making better business decisions. Need to learn to let go and get value of older players before they are near the end of their peak. I don't know, but looks like a raging dumpster fire right now. Do you really want Trevor Lawrence with his coaching staff and manage, with his coaching and management staff? No, I don't actually. I want Trevor Lawrence, but not with his coaching staff. So what does that tell you? I think this Minnesota Vikings team, the dream scenario, if it could happen, and is it even a dream scenario if such a person exists? And I'm sure they do out there. I'm sure they do. But can the can the Vikings find them? The Minnesota Vikings need a Bill Guerin to be a general manager. They need a Bill Guerin general manager. Basically, what Rick Spielman is, he's, he's an equivalent. His equivalent is, when it comes to Minnesota teams in this town, is Chuck Fletcher. Where Chuck Fletcher was okay. He would draft okay, and then he would miss on guys. Then he'd draft okay, and then he'd miss on guys. And then him and uh, Zimmer get too close to certain players, and nothing happens. You know, Chuck Fletcher of the Minnesota Wild would draft okay sometimes and then wouldn't. You know, and then you'd have moments where you uh, could have taken Braden Point and you end up, uh, you know, that's Tampa Bay Lightning, the Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. You uh, end up being willing to let Tampa trade up one spot to take Braden Point and you take Louis Belpedio, who might be a third-pairing defenseman, which would be the equivalent of a, uh, let's see, like a third, like a fourth receiver or something. No, I'm kidding. It's something like that, though. Uh, but a defender, maybe a second-string cornerback, we'll say in the NFL, about something like that. Yeah, second-string cornerback or, or or a nickelback, nickelback, because third-pairing defensemen play. Obviously, every skater plays, but some play less. It'd be like a nickelback, basically. He plays less. Like like a nickelback is generally going to play less. But I suppose in today's NFL, you're going to get three cornerbacks on the field a lot. Um, uh, whatever, let's just keep moving. <laughs> I'm crazy. Great, great thoughts there. Gerald Spring out of Nebraska. Leland out of Iowa says, terrible, just terrible. Don't have a lot to say. That won't get me kicked from Facebook, so I'll just leave it at that, and I, I know what you mean. Believe me, I know what you mean. Dave Vicky is rocking and rolling again. He says, I agree with Brent. The quarterback is our main problem if somehow. Yep, and I, this thing went backwards again. Let's see. So it's like, Yep, I hate how Facebook does this. See how Dave Hickey is agreeing with Brent, and then face freaking Facebook has it further down the page. Isn't that just annoying? But I guess that's how it goes. Dave Hickey says, I agree with Brent. The quarterback situation is our main problem. If somehow we could manage a trade with either the Jets or San Francisco, they were the only suitors. That's right. That was the other team. It was the Jets. They were the only suitors for Cousins. He's a nice enough guy, but that's, that's going to get us nowhere. He definitely... Don't, he definitely don't have it this year. <laughs> Just the way he said it, he don't have it <laughs> this year. If he continues saying, if they come out of this by week and get smoked by, uh, this bye week and get smoked by Aaron and the Fudge Packers, pack, pack queers, <laughs> they, uh, then I say, clean the front office and go after some serious draft capital. 
And like I want to say, though, too, like I was saying, they need a Bill Guerin type of general manager to take over the Minnesota Vikings, where he has absolutely zilch invested in the current roster, and he doesn't give a rat's ass how long this guy's been here and that guy's been here. Like, he would trade Harrison Smith in a heartbeat if it meant it makes the team better. That's what uh, Bill Guerin would do if he was coach of the, or general manager of the Minnesota Vikings. And he would absolutely not keep Mike Zimmer, just like he absolutely did not keep Bruce Boudreau. Bruce Boudreau had pedigree. He had good times here in Minnesota. Mike Zimmer has pedigree, and he's had some good times in Minnesota. But he wasn't the right coach anymore for the Minnesota Wild. And Bill Guerin made the move, that type of thing. Not saying that uh, Dean Evison's the right guy for the Minnesota Wild yet. That's why he just gave him a two-year extension. That's it. Two years is absolutely nothing in the National Hockey League, especially during this pandemic, so to speak. Pandemic. Yeah, well, this fear-demic or mask-demic is what it is. But uh, because, yeah, that's just how I see it, I guess. I'm not trying to be a jerk, though. Let's continue. Here we go. Mike Dale says, Pros. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Eric Wilson once again made another great play, causing a turnover. That's right, that's right. Yep, on the Atlanta running back there, that was uh, Brian Hill. Drew Samia didn't play. That's a pro, yep. (laughs) We might actually be able to move up in the draft and bring in a promising quarterback prospect. I hope so. Cons, everyone else. Zimmer might not escape this season with his job intact. He may have also lost the locker room. This gutless and unprepared performance against a poor team at home has even surprised me. His regime brought in Kirk Cousins, which initially I think everyone was fine with as it was the only option going forward. However, now that this regime has doubled down and continued to grossly overpay an average at best quarterback with a top five quarterback extension, contract extension, thus saddling the franchise with a crippling albatross of a salary cap hit. I don't see Zimmer, how Zimmer and maybe Spielman still has his job by the end of the season. I kind of agree there. I kind of agree, Mike. Yep, good, good, very good thoughts. Dynamite. Brett Jacobson, there it is here. So this is where uh, um, Dave Hickey was responding to. The Vikings have a good nucleus building with guys like Cook, Thielen, Jefferson, and Madison uh, on offense, plus the defensive line, Kendricks, the young cornerbacks, and Harry the Hitman, Anthony Harris, but the quarterback spot is holding them back. I wonder if the Grim Reaper visits Zim Spielman tonight, tomorrow. It could happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was in a couple weeks at the end of the day. It could happen. This could be the year where somebody gets fired, but uh, we'll see. The the three-year extension is the one thing that might uh, derail the possibilities of making that move, which is a gosh darn Mickey freaking shame. It's a gosh darn shame, man. It, It is. I mean... Zimmer's chance was in 2017, and it just didn't happen. It really didn't. Mike Dale says, spot on. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says, wow, bright side Jefferson looks good. This is going to be a down season. Too many young players. Yep, and that's been Brett's thoughts for a while during the course of the season. Jesse Ball says, I expected more. Looks like the ship is sunk, quite honestly. And, uh, yep, thank you very much, Jesse. Awesome and, and very true. Very very true. That wraps up the conversation. This and that. The show is about nearing an end, and it's been another super long one because of all the opinions out there. It's been a super long show. I didn't even realize an hour and 41 minutes. Wow. I apologize if this is too long. It's too, it is too long, but it is what it is. Um, 
So with that, the gold star for today's show, Mike Dale, back-to-back, buddy. Congratulations. (laughs) Back-to-back. Back-to-back like Magic Johnson in the late 80s, right? (laughs) With the Lakers. Yeah, something like that. But back-to-back, which doesn't happen much in the NFL. Uh, Silver star for this episode has got to be Dave Hickey. Uh, And a nice uh, shimmering silver-plated bronze star is going to go to Mark Carlson. Thank you, guys. And Dave Martin. What an, I mean, Dave Martin's got to get a gold-plated silver star. Great call. And Mark Carlson is getting the bronze. A big, juicy, very, very silver-shining bronze at the end of the day. Dave Martin absolutely deserves uh, at least a silver star for today's show. Great call. And Mike Dale, awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, thank you, all of you guys, for being a part of things and keeping things coming. Love hearing from Malcolm on Twitter. Dave Martin, you guys just carrying this show on the Twitter. You guys do such a great job. Uh, Miss uh, Miss Sam Gupta, hope hope everything's okay in California there, Sam. Miss you. Uh, just shout out to you. Shout out to Tony Coleman, South Dakota. It has been eons. I think it's been like a year since she's been on this show. What happened to Tony Coleman? Ah, uh, We're talking like 2009 here, folks. Come back, Tony. Please come back. Those of you that may know him, Brett McCarthy might know him. I think he does. Eric Mostard, Mike Feller, Stu Evans. Please, please tell Tony to come back. I miss him. And, and you guys, please stick around as well. I, I don't want to see you guys leave either. You guys are just integral parts of the show. Can't thank you enough. Uh, Iowa, South Dakota, and those of you that actually are from Minnesota, can't thank you enough. Minnesota doesn't like me as much as the surrounding states, which is fine, I guess. Uh, it sucks that Minnesota hates me. No, it doesn't like me as much. Maybe I'm not as homerish as some of you might want me to be. But Iowa, South Dakota... Can't thank you guys enough. Uh, apparently all the way off in New York with Mike Dale there. Mississippi with Cedric Paulding. He, he, he posted in the uh, in-game thread, I believe. Pretty cool. Uh, guy from North Carolina, I believe, too. No, I haven't heard from him in a couple of weeks now. I miss him. Uh, man, you guys are good. A couple of you. A couple guys from... Uh, one's from South, one's from North, actually. Carolina's there. Um... Man, man, man. And, of course, you got uh, you got Australia with Vince Germano, New Zealand with Tanae Brown, Northern Scotland with uh, Dave Martin. It just doesn't get better. I can't thank you guys enough for always being a part of this show and uh, keeping me coming, keeping me coming. I apologize it's too long, but maybe some of you like that. In fact, I know a lot of you do, even if it's just a negative rant all day, which is unfortunate. But what are you going to do? What the hell can you do? It was that kind of day, that kind of show, that kind of situation. With that said, stay warm. It's going to be cold. Apparently here in the Twin Cities, we're going to be getting some snow in, in uh, the third week of October. Boy, it's getting earlier and earlier every year. Just like you got Christmas decorations showing up in September at uh, Menards and such. It is what it is. <laughs> Everything's earlier. Before you know it, we'll be celebrating July 4th and on New Year's Day. <laughs> it is what it is. Reality is not making a whole lot of sense anymore. Maybe it's the Mandela effect. I don't know. Maybe the $5 bill is really an S. It's not a 5, it's an S. And it's the United Fives of America. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know anymore. Reality doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? <clears throat> it just doesn't. It'll be snowing in July, and we'll be swimming in January soon. With the way things go. Uh, and Because reality doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> it really doesn't. Uh, with that said, take care, everybody. We'll talk to you uh, very shortly. Well, in a, in a couple of weeks, I guess. I keep forgetting about that. No show next week. No bi-week show. And we'll be talking about the Green Bay Packers game two weeks from today. Take care, everyone.